Just Young. How you doing? Good, Becca. The Offspring. How's it going, Becca? Dave Grohl. How you going, mate? Good, man. Pete, it's been a long time coming. Oh, Becca, hasn't it indeed? We go inside the dressing room, speak to the biggest names in music. Keith Richards, the Rolling Stones. And crack open their esky. This is exactly how I imagined you, by the way, sitting opposite me with a vodka and orange. You're a discerning chap. This is The Rider. Hey, this is Becco. Welcome to the final ep of the first series of The Rider. We've done 22 interviews in this series. It's been one hell of a ride. And I want to thank, uh, you know, everyone who's taken part, you know, whether it's pulling favours from mates who are musicians or even the publicists or the managers, uh, everyone who's, who's offered their services to be part of the podcast. Uh, it really has been a, an amazing experience to get so many great stories out of all these people in the music industry, whether they're, you know, lead singers, guitarists, musicians, or they might be managers, publicists, or promoters. It's uh, been fantastic. Now, it feels appropriate to wrap up this first series of The Rider with Becco with Taylor Hansen from Hansen, uh, because they are about to release their latest album on May 20 called Red, Green, and Blue. And I'll tell you how it works when you do an interview with Hansen. You don't actually know who you're going to get. So you're pretty much going to prepare yourself for any one of the three members. You're going to be talking about what they're working on at the moment. Of course, you want to talk about what they've done in the past and, of course, their incredible debut album and all the the mania that was Hanson back in the, the mid to late 90s. So we're going to catch up with Taylor Hanson in just a moment, but let's take a look back at the last 22 episodes of The Rider. This is The Rider. Andrew Farris from NXS. Yeah, no, it's not easy, but then again, you know what, Becco? I don't think anything that's really worthwhile in life is very, very easy. Ben Lee. Yeah, and I ended up um, taking mushrooms with her family. Tim Rogers from UMI. Forget all that big nice shit. Pete Townsend up close is so handsome. Mark Gable from the Choir Boys. And then Angry reached over and grabbed my testicles and started massaging them. Andrew Stockdale from Wolfmother. Man, for me it was like heaven on earth for an Aussie kid over in LA recording on a pro studio like that. I'd moved mm. from a dump. FIFA Riccobono from Albert's Music. Malcolm, he would stand there and he, he would admire Angus, how much he put into a show. The legendary Michael Chug. And we were carrying about four road cases of wine. I think I drank, drank the first, last bottle of Dom in about 2001. Rob Hurst from Midnight Oil. We miss Bones terribly um, as a person, as a musician. In many ways, this album dedicated to Bonesy, it's the last album he played on. Brandon Boyd from Incubus. There were a handful of things that she showed me where I was like, damn it, this is like frustratingly good. Like, I wish... I had made this, you know, every musician. So this Brandon Boyd from Incubus, that was one incredible chat. What you don't know is I got up at three o'clock in the morning to record that because there's no way I was going to miss a chance to catch up with Brandon Boyd. Of course, you can catch up with all of those interviews so far on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and even iHeartRadio. This is The Writer with Becco, and this week, it is Hanson. We all know this song, their massive debut, Oom Bop, and then there was... Let's fast forward now to 2022. A brand new album, Red, Green, Blue. It's a fantastic album. Each member working as a solo artist on this album. 
is something they've never done before. We're going to hear all the stories behind Red, Green, Blue, which comes out May 20, and I can see his Zoom screen popping up in front of me. Oh, there he is. Look at him. Taylor Hansen. how are you? I'm good. How's it going? Mate, I am well. Taylor, good to see your face, because you know what it's like. You don't actually don't know who you're going to get. <laughs> so, yeah, right, exactly right. This is who you've got. And I'm very, very happy about that. I, I can't believe it's been 25 years since the debut. I mean, that time has just flown for us. Yeah, um, it is a strange thing. I mean, um, yeah, 25 years ago. Ugh, wow. Um, our first real major record came out. You know, Umbach came out. Um, and in one sense, it, it seems like it happened just a moment ago. And in other senses, it's almost a lifetime. You know, I mean, it, it is a lifetime, 25 years. Um, but it truly is like, wait, that was somebody else's movie. I mean, who was, were we there? You know, because <laughs> so, so much has happened. And I, time is just strange that way because on the other hand, um, there are so many memories and so many things that we've, we've done consistently, tours and made albums since we were, you know, since we were kids. And, and those things, they just feel like, oh, that could have been yesterday. I was working on that song. We were recording that. We were in Melbourne for the first time. We were in Sydney for the first time, you know, wherever we were, you know, getting to visit. So strange. It's a bizarre thing growing up in front of the world as well, because um, yeah. you, you know that, that's the one thing we all we're all lucky when you live in normal land is you you know you got um, privacy and you can go through the usual teenage uh, experiences and problems and yeah. <laughs> and when it's you you're in Dolly magazine you know and all that stuff. One of the things you if you break out you know in the entertainment world you know you do you make a choice you you know you give up a certain amount of anonymity and and certain amount of things that you you lose but you know at the same time if you're trying to break with with art in any form and you know that's that's part of the package that means you've reached people that means they know who you are and that means that somebody heard what you did and um just sort of have to make the most of it and go wow this is strange and amazing and and also you you know having having relationships and having friendships and having people that you you know are there they have nothing to do with whether or not you're successful or whether you fail as a create as an entertainer congratulations on another new album uh, red green blue which is a yeah, it's a big change for you guys because rather than doing what say kiss did you know where they took a you know a couple of years off and they each did a solo album during that time and then came back together and did another you know album themselves uh, you kind of delegating uh, part of the album to each member. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a strange moment for us in one sense. And I think it's also very, very cool and interesting. Um, I mean, we've made a lot of albums, we've toured, we've written songs, we've, we've always, especially since the start, you know, we were really focused on, on being, you know, not drawing lines between the three of us, not letting people be like, well, that's the Taylor song, and that's the Zach song, and that's the, you know, Isaac song. and. Um, people wanted to go well that's the lead singer and that's the guitarist and that's and so we we were we spent most of our career really being like this is the three of us this is us and that's been our strength but coming to this album we we said well what if we divided up the way we make the record um had each of us essentially create five songs write them produce them you know be sort of call the shots um, and, you know, it was in some respects, I mean, for me, it was kind of painful because, you know, you really don't know what you don't have the sense of, hey, I know what the final list is going to be. I don't know what this is going to sound like in the end. I don't know what the other guy is going to bring to the table. But we we still did it as a unit in the sense that we 
we had a, a collaborative two kind of co-producers, engineers, um, Jim Scott, who is a total legend as a producer and an engineer from the Chili Peppers to, you know, um, gosh, um, Tom Petty and Jackson Brown and so many other amazing oh, artists. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then our friend David Garza, who um, is a Grammy winning producer and songwriter and entertainer as well. And, um, and so they were connected with all of the work and they were almost like the, the, the band members that joined during the project. Um, and so there's that connective tissue, but it, it definitely, I think we've talked a lot about since the beginning, if you watch so many of the early interviews, I mean, we're really quite boring. I mean, we've always said it's about the music. It's not about the other stuff. And we got into it, you know, um, when rock and roll was all we could get of, or, or get into it for with, you know, when you're 12, sex and drugs are like maybe options in the future, you know, rock and roll was, <laughs> that was the only one that was on our plate. Yeah. And so like, it's always been about making records, it's always been writing songs, about creating songs, about creating experiences. And so this, this really shines a light on the different, different styles, different influences, different kind of ways in which we each bring different things to the band and um you know i chose on the songs that are really featured the sort of red portion is the portion is the five songs of mine um i chose to do things that typically wouldn't do i mean it's just to not have a tons of harmony it's not time not it's not as r&b it's not as gospel um it's fairly and a lot of the songs are fairly kind of earnest and kind of personal and kind of simple and um, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how fans connect with this music. Well, I love how everyone sort of uh, analyzes, as fans do, they get online and they get in the forums and they go, what does it mean, red, green, blue? But, but I mean, one thing I did like, it, it's about, you know, being primary colors and, and, and these yeah. colors um, um, form every other color and then everyone goes, oh, what's the metaphor in that? I mean... <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, yeah, I mean, RGB is a color format, you know, mm. you have... You use RGB to, to, you know, you see it in the televisions and, you know, historically different uh, you know, projections. So those three colors combined. So there's a, there's a metaphor. Hey, you, you, these three colors combined make these other things. Um, and then we, we've always been, since we were kids, associated with those colors for whatever reason. I was red. Isaac was green. Zach was blue. I mean, that those are, I would say, favorite. I mean, I, I definitely always have had a connection with red. Um, so, I mean, it's it's always just about trying to paint a picture that people can kind of come along the ride with you and um, try to not be so obscure that it's just you, you know, making up your own story that no one cares about. And uh, at the same time, kind of giving people something they can grab onto and, and try and think about the music in that context. So it, it's, it's a new, it's a new era for the band. And frankly, um, 30 years in, you know, a lot of albums, a lot of tours, it's important that we're doing things that are different and we're not just rinsing and repeating and uh, and that people know that. Oh, of course it is. I mean, uh, you, you want to be uh, fresh in your, in your brain and you want to be able to keep the creativity going and not go through the motions and, and try something different. In fact, the last album, you know, you put out in the middle of COVID and, and there was so yeah. much di- dimension in there because I think that Isaac had a a Bruce Springsteen uh, song in there, you know, very, very yeah. Bruce Springsteen. You had the... The other track with um, Rick Nielsen, you know, from Cheap Trick. I mean, that was a that was yeah. a, a straight up rock pop song. So yeah. you know, you're proving every single time that you are still growing as a band and still trying new things. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of bands, there's a lot of albums. You know, we, we feel like anytime somebody gives you their time, 
their dollars to come to a show or buy an album or stream a record or buy a t-shirt. I mean, any of it, it's like you're, you're giving a piece of your life as a, as a fan to us by jumping in. And so I feel like it's our obligation to, you know, to throw down, you know, to be, to, to push ourselves to, you know, cause Hey, there's a, there's a lot of incredible music out there. There's a lot of great people creating things. And um, so what you want to do is you just want to show people different sides and you want to be challenged. You know, you want to be trying things. And then sometimes things work better than others. Sometimes things just fall together and they're amazing. And sometimes they're painful to get done. And, um, and yes, the last album against the world, that was supposed to be an album that came out in 2020. Right. And everyone knows what happened in 2020. Right. So we, we had a whole paradigm shift and we decided, Hey, we're not going to wait till there's a tour. We're just going to put this music out a month at a time. We're going to slowly let it release give people something to look forward to, give people something to like latch onto, make some videos, do some live streams, you know, just anything that keeps people feeling hopeful and like they have something. Yeah. <laughs> all of yeah. us, I mean, we're all just like, hmm, what are we, what can we look forward to? Cause like most of the things we want to do, we can't do right now. So. Well, that's a good thing about having your own record company because everyone else who were part of a major label, particularly they're all told, oh, just, hang off until you can tour, you know, just wait a little bit longer. Let's see what COVID does and hopefully we can get out you get you out in the road and then, uh, you yeah. know, release the album. But because you can call your own shots, you can go, you know what? Our fans are isolated like we are. We want to get the music out there. And Yeah, we did. I mean, nobody's got a perfect plan. Um, and, you know, hey, if you do a tour, obviously it gives you a chance to get to a lot more people because it's there's 10 more reasons for people to think about, hey, oh, there's no, a new record. But exactly what you said everyone still last year was still in such limbo uh, i mean there's still question marks floating around the world as to where we get back to normal what that even looks like and so we said hey we've got this music we made this record we let's let's start sharing it because everybody needs it you know we all need things to, to get excited about and um and so it was a, yeah it was a great experience we were also you know one of the things that happened all over the world you know this the pandemic really hit all kinds of businesses really, really hard. And one of them was a lot of small music venues that, I mean, their entire world is is keeping people running through there. And it's not like they've got, you know, two years of back, you know, cash to just keep the doors open without putting on some kind of show. And so we, we hosted a lot of shows in a, a local venue here in Oklahoma that has this, you know, legendary history of music. And so it was fun to kind of also do something to help uh, keep the doors open at a place that, uh, would have been a huge, huge, huge loss if it went under. Um, so that that was kind of a cool part of the process. What stopped you though? Just going, you know what? Let's all take a break for a little bit. Um, let's let's smell the roses and get a you know get a house out in the country and you know as as they say, pet the dog <laughs> for a while. I mean, what, what what's keeping you hungry? Well, I mean, I think to some degree we the, everyone was slowed down, especially in twenty twenty. I mean, you could not avoid being slowed down. Um, but creating things, you know, whether you're just writing or whether you're imagining a plan for a project you're going to put out or whether you're working on a, and finishing an album in a studio. I mean, these were things that, uh, were cathartic too. I mean, they, they create some sense of peace and balance and some sense of, okay, well, I haven't lost everything's not completely upside down. At least I can do this thing. And, um, everyone got more time with family. I mean, all over the world, I think people sort of reset a little bit it caused people to be like wow i like seeing my kids some people are like get these kids out 
Um, but it, I think it caused us to do, we, we, got, we got some quiet. We definitely had more stationary time. But for me, I, you know, I, I really, I really am fueled by, by the process of making things, inventing things, imagining things, you know. And so it was really important to try and stay creative. And there's a lot of things people will hear from us. I mean, both of us, the three of us individually, I mean, there's little, everybody's got little side things they like doing, working on, as well as, you know, the core stuff the band does. And I think there were a lot of ways that people coped. Um, I have a nonprofit that that really engaged, you know, was very much engaged in, in issues of hunger in, in Oklahoma, but really had an opportunity or a challenge. Hey, how do we do, how do we really help in a different way and deeper way right now? And so, you know, you just do things that keep you human, I think. And, and also, you know, going out of the road now, I mean, it's very different though, being a dad with, with kids and, and, and yeah. trying to balance the family thing. And uh, it must be a little bit different going on tour now, especially a world tour, than how it was when you were teenagers. It is definitely a different time. Yeah, um, there's a lot more booze on the rider, um, but now, not for the kids. I mean, wait, never <laughs> Right. Uh, no, I mean, they're, they're, you know, we've, I've, I've now, you know, been married, had kids for a long time. So my, my world, um, I, you know, we just grabbed my, my oldest son, you know, is, is 19. I mean, I've, he's been on the road since I was, since I was young um, with us. But, you know, the thing about family is, you know, you, you have to have kind of a deep trust within your, with your partner, with your spouse, and your kids, no matter what, because even in the best of cases where you try and take them to shows and share experiences and FaceTime, you you are spending a lot of time away. And so they need to like, they need to know that what you're giving your time to is something that you like, it's, is worth it. It's not just like, oh, I gotta go trudge away. Like you, the fact that it's something that, you know, they know that you're doing something that you believe in and that they're kind of behind you. That that's That makes it, I think that keeps it from being just pain. Well, know, also, remember. it's a chance for them to see the world a little bit as well. I mean, in, in fact, I got an idea yeah. for you. Um, there, there's hope that you guys are coming down to Australia in around November. I think uh, you could have your first legal beer with your son because you can do it in Australia. <laughs> that is true. That is true. If I could bring my oldest down, he he actually my 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 oldest came came with me last time we were in Australia, and he had a great time. But he was he was still underage at that time, so you know that you're you're at the wheels turning now. I'm thinking. Sounds yeah. good. And in fact, onto this tour, um, the the podcast is called the Rider, and you mentioned it before a moment ago. Uh, what is in the Rider these days? Is did, are there a couple of bottles of wine backstage, or is it um, is it a plate of nibblies, or what, what what do you ask for that that you have to have when you're waiting, you know, pre-show or post-show? You know, it's probably fairly pedestrian what we have. You know, you're when you're on the road, your the venue and the backstage is is kind of just what keeps some degree of normalcy for you. You know, you you travel all over the world, you show up in a new city, not you know, you don't necessarily know all the local foods, and so you just try and have something that hey, I need these reliable things. So I mean, there's you know, there's cold cuts and you know vegetables and you know we always have a certain amount of stuff to keep you know lots of uh, uh, you know trying to get all the vitamins in and then honestly one of the things is craft beer I mean we're huge craft beer nerds 
Um, so you try always try and get something local. Say, hey, put you know put a good IPA or you know maybe a pilsner, just whatever's true to that town or that you know country. And um, yeah, so I mean it's it's whatever keeps the wheels turning. It must have been amazing um, when you were first touring as a teenager because uh, you know it was in memory it was like Beatlemania. It was it was it was our first experience of. Uh, experiencing that craziness when it came to these young kids going on the road and I mean you must be kind of happy though when you look back and go I'm glad there wasn't social media <laughs> in a way because you know that that has changed everything yeah I mean we we were a band you know that we were really experiencing along with our audience that were the ones that were truly sort of our peers um, we first broke out we were experiencing the internet for the first time. I mean, the wave of the internet happened as we were coming up. In fact, most of the people around us really discounted it. But one of the things that kept us connected to a lot of fans in a way, and it probably you know allowed us to start our own record company and really kind of chart our course was we had a really strong connection with fans all over the world. And many of our label reps and managers, and they just, they had no idea how connected we'd be we'd begun to be because no one had really figured that out. It was, it was pre-smartphones and pre-constant you know, constant updates on social media. Um, I will say this, I, I actually wish we had had social media, not for the downside, obviously, but man, the amount of connectivity that you, to be able to talk directly to your audience is incredible. And you know, we used to you know, hope for this idea of, man, if we could just understand, well, how many fans are there, then we'll go, we know we can play a show there. Cause look, there's, that many fans that are in that town and we know we're going to go find them. We're going to go bring music to them. Um, but yeah, the, the social pressures uh, of the social media side of things, I think are really brutal. You know, well, Hanson.net was actually one of the first big group, you know, band websites where, you know, you did embrace yeah. the forums and having that one-on-one, which in, in a way is like early social media. So yeah. uh, you're way ahead of the game when it came to that stuff. We had the advantage of, all of us being, you know, that that generation that was ready to adopt the email addresses and to surf online. Um, and the fact that we'd grown up kind of bootstrapping, like we were we were young, but we we'd kind of done gigs and we'd been like this sort of figure it out from the ground up band as as kids. And so when it broke, everything every day we'd be going, well, wait. You mean like we've actually this has happened like like these fans are there and so we were so hungry um i think we've never lost that hunger um to, to stay connected you know with with people that wanted to follow the band now last night i was looking back at some old um sort of photos and video from you know your first mtv awards and and uh you know you're getting a photo with Elle mcpherson famous australian model um who, yes. who spun you out first like when you met them in those circumstances who, who gave you the the starstruck feeling for the first time wow um God, I mean, I'm just thinking about, I mean, it, at the time, for sure, Al McPherson was like, wow. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, Lenny Kravitz was a huge, you know, a, meeting him. I mean, a lot of music idols that you think are not even real humans, and then all of a sudden you're standing there talking, and you know that they know you. Um, probably, you know, we kind of tell this as a joke because it doesn't seem like it was real, but we, we were invited to the screening and it was 99, I think the screening of the, the Phantom Menace, the first, you know, the episode one Star Wars. And we yeah. went to Skywalker Ranch with a bunch of people very like, oh my God, this is surreal. And I remember meeting George Lucas and he was there with his daughter 
And his daughter introduced and said, hey, dad, this is Hanson. And he looked at us, he said, oh, I know who you are. And we all kind of went, oh my God, George Lucas knows who we are, you know? So as, especially as a 16 year old or whatever, growing up already on, on Star Wars, you pinch yourself on those little moments and, and music, music legends, you know, Billy Joel and Paul McCartney and those people. I mean, you just can't believe that, that you're standing in front of somebody and they go, Oh yeah, I, I know. I respect you at least enough to, you know, have a conversation and just talk music. And it's not just, uh, you know, you're not just fanning out. That's incredible. That, that is kind of cool when they know who you are. It's, I understand yeah. that. So if you were going to give yourself advice to the, the 1997 you, what would you say after all the craziness and, and humbleness of, of, of being in a family? What would you tell yourself? Well, um, buy Apple stock, first of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. <laughs> buy lots of it. Uh, maybe, you know, there's this little company called Google. You should go ahead and jump on that. Um, you, know, I, you know, I think survival is about realizing that it is about survival. It's not, you know, it's not about each moment where you know you're going to try and make yourself into what that moment in the world needs you you've got to be you right you've got to you can't chase every trend we we haven't done that and some cases we probably could have been more trend oriented but i think that's just probably just leaning in on the things that we've chosen to do with more confidence and more peace of mind to say hey just stick to your guns do what you've got to do you know this is not this is a long game you know, this is not just about tomorrow or the next day. You know, don't don't worry too much about the fear of of like, can I, can we keep this up? Can we keep the pace? Like to just sort of be, I guess to be like a bit of motivational speaker for myself. Like, hey, you're good. Just stay the course, man. And and because um, that's what it's so much of what it is. It's it's that thing of, you know, can you can you ride the highs and the lows and and still keep standing. Well, you did in a way, you know, like when I, I think back to, I think it was 2001, just after there, you, you were in a bit of a limbo stage with your record companies and, and there was mergers and craziness. Oh, yeah. you, you went it alone, but also at that point, you submitted like, I think it was 80 songs and, and most mm-hmm. of them got rejected in some way. And you would have been thinking to yourselves back then, um, is there a future? And, and the fact that you persevered through that. Well, yeah, you know your Hanson history, so kudos um, to that. I mean, we, you know, we we were we broke at kind of a, a time in the music business where the whole world was, you know, really the music business was drunk on its power, right? They they had record stores were still working, MTV was killing it. I mean, my fifteen year olds now they're like MTV what? Like they don't even none of that stuff even matters. But our whole industry was just like they they had it made, and we 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 were watching the writing on the wall the internet, our fan base, but we were also stuck in a huge merger of companies that were just buying, you know, huge corporate, just conglomerates eating each other. And the the advantage we had, you know, we started on label after our third record. The advantage we had was, you know, we could see that just a really short amount of time, the same types of folks that really didn't have any idea how to come alongside our band that they could have just as easily been saying this is the greatest thing ever. They could also be saying we have no idea what to do with this because it wasn't about music. It wasn't it wasn't about um, understanding where we had been and why we had had any success at all. It was really just about you know corporations chasing the next quarter. You know they they didn't even they had no chance they had no they weren't thinking when hey let's develop a career with a band and and so we had a little bit of an advantage that we could 
look at the heroes of ours and go, you know what? Their fifth album was their big album. And so we think we're going to bet on us because you guys have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, that's such so and, and it's, you know, but we, we had to totally rebuild. I mean, 20 years ago, we were, you know, it's just a few years after selling millions of records and, and we had to choose to actually like ask to get off of a major company of universal and start our own indie label. And we had to rebuild our entire team, our manager, our agent, our publicity, everything. And I was, you know, 20 years old, uh, working, meeting with distributors about, you know, our, our deal. And in that kind of stuff, it's like, you, you have to believe in what you're doing. And um, it makes every success that much sweeter. Well, Red, Green, Blue comes out May 20. Uh, you got a tour. In fact, you're about to hit the road, what, in a few weeks' time or something? And uh, we expect you to come to Australia. What's the big Australian memory, by the way, especially in the early years? You came down and it was just craziness. Uh, lots, I mean, lots of great Australian memories. I mean, we um, the most recent one, obviously, was, was actually pretty incredible. We had a still symphony tour with orchestras all over the world, and we got to play the Opera House, among other places in Sydney. Um, and uh, that was incredible. First memories were, like you said, pandemonium. I mean, seeing, you know, uh, 30,000 fans show up at a what was supposed to be an in-store performance in a mall. And, you know, we were like, we were in awe. We were blown away. And really, I mean, you, you, you respect anywhere where somebody shows up and is a fan, but we definitely have had a strong Australian connection since the early days. So we've, we've always felt the love First appearances were pretty over the top. Yeah, oh, we, we, it continues to this day, and we can't wait to see you uh, very, very soon. Uh, and, and Red, Green, Blue, it's going to be massive. And Taylor, it's so good to speak to you. Uh, appreciate your time, and, and enjoy the ride again. Yeah, well, and uh, we, uh, we will absolutely do just that. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you there. Got you, mate. Take care, right? Thanks for your time. Cheers, man. Well, that was pretty cool. Uh, Taylor Hansen on The Rider with Becca. And it's so interesting talking to him as an adult all those years later with kids recording an album in COVID and how they're making it all work as adults. Hansen's new album, Red, Green, Blue, comes out May 20. Make sure you follow The Rider with Becca on Spotify because I'll put out a special edition with the music included and the whole album doing a track-by-track with Taylor Hansen. And also, next week, to celebrate 23 episodes and the end of Season 1, a wrap-up of all the interviews so far with the music only on Spotify as an exclusive, so give it a follow. That's the end of Season 1. Catch you back in a few weeks. Some very big guests to come in Season 2. Catch you then. This is The Ride of Rebecca. Rebecca.